Howdy, howdy, welcome to Bodger's Babblings with your host, Katie Bodger, where I babble about my special interest of the hour. So tonight, I'm grappling with the topic of fucking originality um, and attempting to give an original idea in a world where everything seems to have been done. So I'm an author, right? I like to write. Um, oh, that's very watered down. Um, and I decided that I was going to write the first draft of a novel by the end of this summer. And I was, I decided that I had to do it soon because if I waited any longer, I wouldn't do it for years, if at all. And I want to do it. So I'm going to write an original piece by the end of the summer. So I have two months. And we'll see how that goes. Because um, technically I have until September 8th. <laughs> um, if I follow the deadline from when I decided to do this. Um, and I have two different plots that I would be willing to work with. And so one, the working title is The Run of the Harbinger, and it is a dystopian uh, novel. And then the other is, uh, I'm not even really sure what to call it. It's a YA novel on um, werewolves. So kind of like supernatural creatures, um, and, uh, it's, the working title is called Confessions of a She-Wolf, so it basically follows a few months from the life of the protagonist, who is a female, uh, werewolf, and basically a bunch of shit that gets thrown up in the way, you know, and her best friend, and it's gay as fuck, and lovely, and I really like both of the ideas, um, and I'm by, I'm sure you can tell by my slightly more detailed explanation of Confessions of a Teenage She-Wolf, I'm a little more partial to that one, (laughs) but I really like both, uh, Run of the Harbinger Um, and Confessions of a Teenage She-Wolf. The issue is, both of those genres are on their way out. Um, dystopia, uh, because honestly, Divergent and, uh, fucking, what was it, Matched? Um, they brought the goddamn dystopia genre to its goddamn knees, because it was absolutely terrible, Um, Because the foundation of a good dystopia is heightening uh, problems in our current society or that have existed in the past and basically amplifying them tenfold. So look at The Handmaid's Tale, where um, women's rights chucked out the fucking window. Um, Look at things like um, Unwind, where it's like, oh... Um, abortion laws, uh, fucking, uh, put in place, and then the unwanted children, 
Um, oh yeah, we'll, we'll use them. You can let them in live, you have to carry them full term, but then we're going to harvest their organs, um, because you didn't want them, you know? And so, it's so messed up, and it's like, Run of the Harbinger, uh, kind of tackles similar themes to Hunger Games, and it's part of why I'm hesitant to complete that arc, because basically, um... Uh, the dystopia-esque of that novel is, oh, uh, families of, so basically instead of, like, a slew of different, like, wealth, like, orbits, whether it's upper, middle, or lower class, um, basically it's extreme upper class, like first class citizens who are the elite, very similar to the capital um, in the Hunger Games, but it's their individuals in each uh, loc budding location. Um, and then instead of s randomly selecting certain people every year, these fights for show happen nightly, weekly even, and the, and it's a single family member from a lower class family is basically, if you're lower class, you get a choice. Either you go willingly or one of you is selected. And if you fight in an arena for 15 years and you fight other individuals in the same boat as you to the death um, for 15 years you will um, be rewarded by becoming a first-class citizen. And so it's actually very common um, in the society that's been built for minors and, like, little babies to be offered up and then for them to be raised um, by, uh, by people who have survived the arenas and basically to be groomed to enter them at like five, six years old. And so it's, it, it's very much similar to Hunger Games in terms of, oh, lower class battling it out. It's like the survival of the fittest idea where if you're good enough, you will make it, you will thrive in life. And it's also lean, slightly leans towards the idea of, oh, I had to live through that. Why shouldn't you? Like the right wing uh, ideology of like, oh, war is always war. I had to fight in the war. You should have to fight in the war, you know? Oh, I uh, had to work four jobs and enter the military uh, to pay off my student debt. Why shouldn't you? Um uh, it's things along those lines, and then, of course, uh, how dangerous, uh, capitalism is, and how, um, honestly, the upper class view lower class citizens as subhuman and, honestly, game for entertainment, um, very, and so, as a YA dystopia, Run of the Harbinger tackles a lot of the same 
themes as Hunger Games, especially um, toward leaning towards Mockingjay, where because in Run of the Harbinger it focuses on basically the most successful person to ever enter the arena, who's actually only a year or two uh, away from getting out. Um, he he breaks out with a group of other of other people and the entire world turns against them because they want them back in the arenas. They don't, people don't defend them and are, people aren't like, oh, good for them. They escaped. They are on the run from people who are low, less privileged than themselves and people who are extremely privileged, people who successfully got out of the arenas and joined the military. Like, it's pretty intense. And then Confessions of the Teenage She-Wolf, um, I didn't even realize that uh, a title uh, called Confessions of a Teenage Drama Queen existed until I was looking up the title to make sure it wasn't taken because I was like, oh, this is too good to be true. And so, sure enough... Uh, something was very close that could be viewed as um, a ripoff, even though that was never the intention. So the title will probably be changed later on. Um, but Confessions of a Teenage She-Wolf, um, it follows a werewolf who has a vampire best friend. Um, so friends, uh, friends from forbidden uh, bloodlines, blah, blah, blah because vampires and werewolves are against each other, or supposed to be. Um, and then it's like, it's just, and then uh, the werewolf has a best friend, and it's really cute, and there's high emotional stakes, and it's a really fun book, but it's hard to explain it without giving too much away, other than shortly into the book, uh, the werewolf... Um, needs to find a way to save her life because she's um infected with a deadly virus that will kill her uh very slowly very painfully and so there's a very there's only one way for her to be cured and it's very difficult to get and so it's the book is basically as cute and fun as it is it's also really intense because for a lot of it you know that, oh, this character is on death's door pretty much the entire time, and if they don't succeed, she'll die. Um, there's no question about it. Um, but it's like, I don't know, it's really lovey-dovey, it's really gay, and the reason I want to do it is because you don't see uh, many novels focusing on, like, female supernatural creatures. It's usually just the men. Fucking men. And then it's, it was also just a cute way to do a gay werewolf story and, like, and have some badass girls, um, on the page. And I really love the book idea, but it feels like Twilight, because every werewolf book, every book with werewolves or vampires feels like Twilight, even though there isn't a love triangle to be seen. 
theoretically, if it got published and it became wide enough to have a fandom, yeah, there are characters in the book that could be shipped that could start a love triangle, but it wouldn't go anywhere. Um, because the fucking love triangle isn't in question, and I address it to avoid making it look like a love triangle. Because, oh my god, if I had if I had a werewolf, I had a vampire, I had a human, even if they were both interested in the werewolf, oh my god, it's a love it's a love triangle between three different uh creatures in a supernatural YA world. Oh god, I'm a Twilight ripoff, how dare I? Even though that's not the fucking case at all. And so I've just been thinking about as an author how difficult it is to be one hundred percent original. And that, oh, with looking at the lore for Confessions of a Teenage She-Wolf, dystopia, you pull from the real world. You don't necessarily have to be original um, with your ideas. You just have to execute it well. Um, but with, with fantasy and supernatural, there's a lore that's there, but there's also the pressure to be unique. And we're at the point as a society where everything is just like everything else and everything is being compared. And we're at a point where it's not, it's not good enough on its own. It has to beat everything else in that genre. It has to stand out in the genre and there can't be anything questionable or it ruins the entire novel, you know? Um, because I have, like, say, um, Confessions of a Teenage She-Wolf, I have a questionable, um, questionable relationship between two characters, which, um, in the long run isn't bad, but can feel a little weird if you don't understand or pay attention. Um, which lots of people don't. They take it for the surface level and then they complain about it. Um, which is annoying as fuck, but honestly, they have every right um, to critique the media they could huh, to critique the media they consume. And hmm, it's just frustrating trying to be original and trying not to be compared to everything else. Because, oh my god, you have a dystopia that involves certain minors, even though not all of them are minors, fighting each other. Oh, Hunger Games. Oh, you have a novel with werewolves and vampires. Twilight. And it's like, nothing else can be similar, very similar to Twilight and Confessions of a Teenage She-Wolf. But if you have that fucking foundation, it doesn't matter what the build-up is. It's just what it's built out of. And it's annoying. And then I was really struggling with this and I was questioning myself um, and whether or not I should even bother writing um, original work um, with how fucking difficult it is to be original 100% considering we're at a point where everything's been done before. And even if it was done a hundred years ago, it was still fucking done. But then I woke up to this on Tumblr. 
The thing is, if I give a writing prompt, even a detailed story outline to 10 different writers, I'm going to end up with 10 different stories, and I will be excited to reach each and every one. So I don't really care if there's no such thing as an original idea anymore. There are plenty of original executions. Maybe it's been done before, but it's never been done your way. And that was from Biggest Gaudiest Patronuses, um, and I fucking love them, and they're just absolutely stellar. And that really brought me up today when I was feeling so low about my, my career, well, my hobby writing, like, about, about that choice. I was honestly feeling shitty about it because I was like, oh, what's the point? I was feeling really low, but I saw that and it perked me up. It gave me a little bit of faith. And so honestly, yeah, I don't really, I shouldn't be care. I shouldn't really care about what it'll get compared to because some people will acknowledge that that comparison isn't realistic. Some people will acknowledge that, oh yeah, it has these things, but look at how different the story is. People will pay attention to that. People will be interested because there are fans of things like that. There are still fans of YA dystopia, even though the genre isn't as popular anymore. There are still fans of supernatural novels and who are still looking for more representation in them, for better representation in them. And honestly, as a writer, that's what I've wanted to do my whole life. I've wanted to tell stories that people will care about, that people will see themselves in, or uh, understand, or appreciate. And it's like, I don't really care that it won't be 100% original now, even though I might have yesterday. Because, yeah, it, the idea, sure, maybe not 100% mine. Maybe it is a little similar to Hunger Games or whatever. But you know what? It's not exactly the same. It's not like I plagiarized. It's just me. And yeah, it might be similar, but the take is different. And I genuinely believe that's the beautiful thing about art, that artists need to push themselves to remember these days. Because yeah, it might be difficult to push yourself when you feel like all your ideas are pointless or have been done before. But have they been done your way? <sighs> Thank you for listening to my babblings of the hour. Um, and with that, I'll bodge her out. I'll see you on the flip side.